turn in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Doing church together. Doing life together. Relationships. I was reading today with our president. They're wanting him to more often uh, have meetings with people in Congress. And, you know, I don't think he's really a uh, touchy-feely kind of guy. Um, and he has all of his meetings is just cut and dried, and he don't want to really meet with any of them. And that's on both sides of the aisle. I think he'd rather play golf. But uh, in this thing that I was reading halfway through it, it says this in this article. Relationships matter. That's true. That's true. Relationships matter. That's what I want to look at really today. Doing church together, doing life together. And the reason why is relationships matter. God's not called any of us to be a monk and to be isolated and insulated from everybody else. And we're an island only to ourselves. God's not called us to that. We're in this thing together, right? Right. Hebrews chapter number 10, I believe it was. Yes. Hebrews 10. And I've, there's about two different ways I could go at this, and I don't really know which one, which way to go at it, so I might just go at it at the same time, and there's no telling how long we'll be here. Buckle in. It could be a bumpy ride. Read the scripture. And I always want to read more than what I've got, but... Uh, I'll try, I'll try to stick with what we've got up there. Hebrews 10, starting with verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, say brethren, brethren. boldness to enter into the holiness by your good looks. No. By your good works. No. By your family name. No. Buy your boatload of money. No. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he has consecrated for us. Say us. Through the veil, that is to say, the veil of his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God. And that's the interesting thing there. Because in the Old Testament, if you had done something wrong, and you, so you accidentally killed someone, the remaining members of that person's family could legally go after you and try to kill you. Your only resource was to flee to a city of refuge. And if you got there, you were safe as long as the high priest was alive. So don't you know that people sent their wives notes saying, hey, send, send, send me some, um, some oatmeal and muffins 
and uh, some vitamins and I'll give it to the high priest because we want him to live a long life. Because the moment he dies, I'm kicked out of here and this man's who I accidentally took his life, his family has the legal right to go after me. That's why the Bible says that our high priest Jesus forever lives to make intercession for us. We don't have to worry about him going weak and dying on us. He forever lives to make intercession for us. So I'm safe as long as he's safe, and I figure I'm in a pretty good deal there. Amen. Let us, say us, us, draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our, say our, our, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our, say our, our, our bodies washed with pure water. Let us, say us, us, hold fast the profession of our faith, say our, our, our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us, say us, us, consider one another, say one another, one to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, say ourselves together, ourselves. as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, say exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. We're not in this thing alone. It looks like God's saying to do this and do it right, you got to interact with people. You got to interact with people. You got to interact with people. Yeah, but I don't like people. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a different message. You got to interact with people. And we'll look at a little bit of this today. Father, take the words that we're going to speak. And Lord, as, as King David wrote uh, one time, he said, Make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer, ready to write upon the hearts of the men and women that are here listening. And God, I ask and pray the same thing, Lord, that it would not just be my words or my thoughts, but God, these would come from you. And Lord, that is what makes a difference in people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Elaine Hughes, I'm not seeing her today. She, where's she at? There she is, three weeks in a row. And I don't know, you got your walker with you? Three weeks in a row, she's been here with her walker. And let me tell you something. That's a slap in the face for the people who get up out of bed on Sunday morning and, oh, I just, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'll go or not. Oh, that preacher tells us same jokes, and I just don't know if I want to go hear that. And she's here with a walker. This is the third week in a row. I will not be refused. I like that. Bless you, sister. Bless you, bless you, bless you. We love you, sis. We love you. Um, she went to church here now for a long time, and, and uh, I never really, other than just greeting her and saying a few words, but uh, I visited with her a few times, and uh, Elaine's got a warrior spirit about her, man. She, won't, uh, she ain't going to take no for an answer.
and uh, I appreciate her very much. Uh, we are created for relationship. Adam and Eve. God said it's not good for this man to be by himself. And then he created Eve. The women say that God created Eve last because he saved the best for last. But we all know what the true reason was. God didn't want any help in critiquing through the creation. So she was created the very last. I don't know, I think the light should go over there. We're created to have relationship and fellowship one with another. No greater love than this. And a man lay down his life for a friend. And Jesus did that for every one of us for the sole reason of relationship. So that we could have relationship with God. So we could have relationship with God. When my wife and I were first married, I'd drive down that road and she'd sit right next to me. We had, you know, there was no safety seat belt and there were, you know, about everybody had a bench seat and it was just looked like one body with two heads going down the, <laughs> going down the road. And now, years later, that never happens. And she told me one time, we used to sit right close together, and I said, I'm where I've always been. You're the one that's moved. <laughs> and I think God could say the same thing for all of humanity. God's where he's always been. We're the one that moves from time to time. We're the one that gets out of relationship, just like Adam and Eve did, and God went looking for them, and God said, Adam, where art thou? And the reason he asked that, when God asks a question, he's not looking for information. He already knows. It's to get you to realize where you're at. And for Adam to say, I am here hiding. I am naked. I don't want to have fellowship with you right now. It was a slap in the face to Adam, and it was a realization that he had moved away from God, and God went looking for him. Thank God. Relationships. Some relationships are healthy. Some relationships are unhealthy. Some relationships are for a lifetime. Some relationships are for a season. I mentioned this uh, staff meeting, maybe last Monday. About 10 years ago, and Frank Taylor and our builders here uh, can attest to this. Darren and different ones can attest to this fact. Houses, particularly the front of houses, begin to change about 10 years ago. The porches went like this, from being huge to being a place where you just got in out of the rain and that was about all the protection you had, the covering you had. And what that did, that showed as a nation where we were going and where we were heading, it just mirrored 
what was going on as a society and as a nation to where the backyard and the back porch was big and nice, but the front, not so much, not so much bigness or anything like that. Because we just don't have time to fellowship or socialize, we'll do that amongst ourselves and our own little group on the back porch. It was a reflection of what was going on in our society. I'm not on Facebook. I figure I have enough trouble with my real life <laughs> friendships as to have hundreds of virtual friendships that I, there's no way I could handle. I mean, I do I do good enough job just to handle the relationships that I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, with the old groups getting started. It's incredible to me that uh, Stephanie Murphy, and I like this, I heard this recently, that uh, she's doing the pre-mod over at Centralia and doing a, a big job there. Andrea Lewis is doing fourth and fifth grade here, and they've started out just whiz-bang just whiz right, right off the bat. I shouldn't use whiz in a sentence, but I did. <laughs> and we started out here with 11 or 12 O groups. And Brian told me within just a few weeks that went to where it's now 18 to 19 O groups, just, just here in Orchardville. Yeah. Uh, Misty Sauger is thinking about, I think, doing a recovery, starting a recovery group. Thank God for that. There's just a whole lot of ways to, to, to get plugged in and for this thing to continue to grow. And you need to get plugged in as well. Eight or nine years ago, Cardin Loker came to me and he said, Mark, what's next? And I knew where he was going with it. And, and I said, uh, well, what do you mean? Not like that. I said, well, what do you mean, Carlin? <laughs> he was well on church growth. What do we, what? And I said, I don't know, but I do know this. We'll never build onto this building again. This sanctuary, what you see is what you get. This is it. I knew that. I didn't know anything else, but I knew that. And Carlin, he told me later on, Oh, maybe a year or two after our conversation, he said, when I walked away, he said, I was, I was down. I was depressed. Thinking, well, how are we going to grow? And I didn't know. But I knew this was it for, for this building. And then God birthed this within my heart about going to Centralia and starting a branch over there. And then after that, going to Fairfield and starting a branch over there. And for us to go somewhere else and start a branch, I'm going to tell you how it's going to have to be. Jesus coming down on a white horse <laughs> and telling me, thus saith myself, this is where we need to go. <laughs> so what's next? I think the next thing is with this relationship and fellowship is with the old groups. That's the best way for this church to continue to reach out and to minister to people is by the old groups. 
Yeah, but we've never done it that way before. I realize that. I realize that. Some have heard the story I've told about the two farmers that their land met up together, and it was back in the uh, back in the day, and uh, uh, one farmer his land way out, and he built him an outhouse, you know, just in case, because it was way out in the field, and and um, his buddy, farmer buddy, happened to see him go into the outhouse, and he goes, "I'm a, this is a good time to play a trick." So he snuck up on him and just all of a sudden just opened the door. And his farmer buddy, he was torso, his head, his torso, his arms was reaching down in the hole. And his buddy said, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I've, I've dropped my coat. Down, down in the hole. And he goes, your coat's ruined. He goes, I know that. But there was a candy bar in the pocket. <laughs> Baby Ruth. Nice. <laughs> For those that have a tendency to always look back, always go back, always pine for another time, always looking back, it's much like the Israelites when God delivered them from Egypt's bondage and all oh, the leeks and the onions that we used to eat on. It's like, are you kidding me? You want to go back for leeks and onions? I don't think so. I don't think so. So many times we romanticize the past and the past wasn't all that great. But we romanticize it. And it's easy just to stay put, but we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Relationships. I know within this church, I think of Mitch McMean and Vince Sharp. I really think those guys, literally, they would die for one another. Lifelong buddies. And man, you can live your whole life. And if you have one, two, or three of that type of relationship, you're a blessed individual. You're a blessed individual. Uh, Andy Miller and Troy Kirby, during uh, kids camp, uh, they bonded and became friends. And that's a great thing. Relationships. Let's play a video. What do you want? Mrs. Edwards, I know I ask you this like every week, but would you like to ride to church with me? Oh, come on, Mrs. Edwards, you'll like my church. We have some hot music. It may not be what you're bumping at all, but it's hot. We get down. What do you say, Mrs. Edwards? Oh, 
I suppose. I've heard it said that 80% of first-time church visitors come because someone personally invited them. All people need to feel loved and wanted. And for some people, it just takes having someone offer to give them a ride to church. We have something great going on at this church. People's lives are being transformed by God's love. Your homework this week is to find at least one person who could use a little more of that love and invite them to come with you next week. Trust me, it's worth the extra effort. Mrs. Edward, you want to listen to some music on the way? Go ahead, your choice. There's your homework for this week. Invite somebody to church. You can do it. You really can. Invite somebody to church. And when I say that as a challenge, I always make sure that I do exactly that. I pick up the phone and I call somebody that... Real, the last two times I've done this, I've called the same couple and I've been trying for 20 plus years and they still haven't showed up yet, but I'm believing they're going to. This is what God has wanting us as a church to do is to reach out, to reach out. And to think that we're just going to keep our mouths shut and people magically going to float into the doors is not going to happen. You're going to have to put forth an effort. Can I hear an amen? amen. Let's get our relationships right. And the first relationship we get right is the one with you and Jesus. You know, people saying, I'm looking for someone to be my soulmate. Shut that up. Jesus is your soulmate. All you're going to do is set yourself up for failure if you're looking for some super-duper guy. It's Tom Cruise. Uh, you complete me. Stupid. <laughs> That's stupid. When the Bible says we are complete in Jesus, if you think that somebody's going to come in your life and, and just make everything great, it ain't going to happen. It ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen. Ain't, we put too much stock in that because it's what Hollywood crammed down people's throats for the last 50 years, and it's not gonna happen. We're to trust God and love people. Amen. 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 Teresa Lowe told on herself recently, and that could just go on and on and on if she'd <laughs> just, you know, open up. <clears throat> She said that for a month straight, years back, a couple sat right behind her during the worship service, and she told, she'd tell her, uh, Kevin, her husband, says, uh, who, who is that? Who is that? And, you know, she should have just turned around, and she needed to be more sociable, really, what she did. <laughs> But she said this, that uh, the woman had a longer burger purse, and like that really supposed to meant something to me. I didn't have a clue <laughs> what that meant. But uh, uh, finally, they struck up a conversation, and who these people were, and the woman that had the longer burger purse, is I'm saying that right? It was Nina, Nina right now. And hear what Nina said. I just wanted you to be my friend. Let me tell you something. Most people come to church is not looking for a perfect church or looking for a friend. Most, most are looking for a friend. 
Proverbs 27, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That is so true. That is so true. Frankie Moult knows more about Lonesome Dove than anybody I've ever seen. Who's ever seen Lonesome Dove? Man, those that haven't seen it, you're missing out. Uh, Frankie could teach a whole series on Bible truths and life lessons in Lonesome Dove. And what that whole story is about is about two guys that are friends. Gus, and who was the other guy? Woodrow. There you go. <laughs> Gus and Woodrow. And one of them dies, and before he dies, he makes his friend promise that he would take him take his remains back to the state that he was from. The, re the reason this kind of triggered in me, I seen uh, two weeks ago on the History Channel that book, which was written by McMurphy, McMurtry, Larry McMurtry. That was based on a true story. There was actually two men in the Wild West, and they were such good buddies, and he asked a whopping favor because it went, he had to go from state to state taking his body in a, he had a little, uh, like a wagon train type buggy or something like that. And with what he had, the links he had to go to to get that man back, his remains back so he could be buried, I think, in Texas. Um, friendship. Relationship. And now I know that Teresa and Nina, they're good friends right now. And I just don't think you can buy that. Again, if you can go your whole life and have two or three people that are like a, a, a good illustration a friend is when everybody else walks out the door, your friend walks in the door. Amen. That's a good illustration and a good definition of a friend. There was a man in the Bible that asked for one and he got two. He asked Jesus for one commandment and Jesus gave him two. What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, love God. And then he goes, there's another one. Love your neighbor. There was two commandments. If you only love those that love you, I've got a Greek word for you. Whoop-de-doo. And that's all, about as far as the extent that most population goes. They only love those that love them. The woman had a parakeet. Is a parakeet Fred? Are they the ones that talk? Parakeet. All right, the woman had a parakeet, and it only said one thing. Let's kiss. Well, a new preacher showed up, and in the course of a sermon, he talked about how he had a parakeet. Well, um, the preacher's family and this other woman and her family, they began talking after service one time about their parakeets. And the woman says, well, my parakeet, the only thing I can get it to say is, it just always says, let's kiss. 
And the preacher, he was kind of appalled by that. And he goes, well, my, my parakeet only says one thing. It says, let's pray. And the woman says, well, I wonder if we could get them together if maybe your parakeet could rub off on, on my parakeet. Because all my parakeet says is, let's kiss. And the preacher's parakeet says, let's pray. Well, the pastor, he, yes, let's do that. That's a great idea. So one night after church service, he brought his parakeet over to the woman's house, put the parakeet in the same cage as the woman's parakeet, and the woman's parakeet said, let's kiss. And the pastor's parakeet said, my prayers have been answered. All right, that ain't got nothing to do with the message. I said that because <laughs> David Eads, I don't even know if he's here today, he told me, he said, I am sick of hearing the same jokes. <laughs> so I tell a new one, and he's not here, so yeah. In 1960, 73%, and I caught that because I was, that's the year I was born, 1960. 73% of the American children lived with both parents. As of 2015, 46% of American children, let's just say make it 43, makes the numbers easy. 43% of American children live with both parents. That's been a slide of 30%. 5% live with their grandparents. And I really believe that when countries refuse to teach real known values, the country's in for a head slide down, down, down. Since 500 B.C., 2,500 years ago, the average lifespan for a country or an empire, it's the average. Anybody want to guess how many years? 200. 250. 250. Average. The Revolutionary War ended in 1783. That puts us at 232 years. And the different stages in this article I was reading of a country are these. The pioneer stage, the commerce stage, the wealth stage, the intellectual stage, the decadence stage, and the declining stage. What does declining look like? Materialism, fun, i.e. sports, that's what the Roman Empire did when they started flagging, started going down. They just had more and more activities go on in the arena, keep the people's mind off the things that was really important. Materialism, fun, overrun with foreigners. Well, preacher, that don't sound very good. Let me give you two words on that, legal and illegal. <laughs> They're two important words. I've got a brother-in-law, Luis Lacona, it took that man seven years to become a United States citizen. 
So to give carte blanche and immediate citizenship to 12 million people is a slap in the face to that guy who jumped through all the hoops that the government wanted him to jump through. And millions of people that's just like him. So materialism, fun, overrun with foreigners, the welfare state, and the weakening of religion. And the liberal mindset looks at the state as being their God and their provider. And they look at Darwin's theory of evolution as being their Bible. And they look at abortion as being their sacrament. And man, you're in a terrible state if you think the state is your God and your provider. What do I see right now? I see power-hungry politicians... I see selfishness, I see love of money, and I see loss of any sense of duty. Let me close with this. Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools." And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. For this cause, God gave them up into vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Do you hear that? It's against nature. It's against nature itself. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust, one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. That seems an old fuddy-duddy story. I'm going to take this before I take the words of anybody else that's ever lived. Anybody else that's ever lived. I'll take this. I'll take this. And I try to stay up on what's going on in the world and but I do know this, a new Congress here this year is not the answer, and a new president is not the answer neither. It's going to take way more than that. We need a nation that comes back to God. And I think what this means to us is doing this together, doing life together, doing church together, relationships, building and, and nurturing those relationships to where they just bring forth a wonderful thing within your life. Because listen to me, and I say this to everybody here, young people, listen to me. Everybody in your life will do one of two things. They will either build you up or they will pull you down. Everybody. 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 They'll either build you up or they'll tear you down. And I, you know, I've lived my life now for a lot of years to where I want to build people up. I want to build you up. 
I want to pump you up. <laughs> I want you to be better than you was when you first met me. Because what I want to give you is the Word of God. Not just the latest fad or fancy. Bow your heads, please. Father, we're thankful. We're thankful, we're thankful that we have the Word of God that instructs us and shows us how we are to live. And Lord, help us as a church to see the value of this and the importance of relationships, of getting to know each other, learning to love each other. Your Word tells us, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. God, that is your word. And we're resting on that. We're believing that. We're teaching that and we're preaching that. And God, we want to live that. Lord, this is what I feel like that you wanted me to deliver today. I really did. Really felt this. And now it's up to the Holy Spirit that this word, make this word come alive in every person. And it be living and breathing within them this week. I thank you again, God, for the great opportunity that you've given me week in, week out, of being able to preach to such a great congregation. God, help us to reach, teach, and serve. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.